G'day, welcome to the Fasting Highway podcast. I'm Graham Curry, your host from Perth, Australia. I lost 60 kilos or 132 pounds living an intermittent fasting lifestyle, and I successfully maintained that weight loss now, coming up two years. I wanted to bring this series of podcasts to you to give you an insight into what it's like to living an intermittent fasting lifestyle. I'm also the author of the book, The Fasting Highway, which is a story of my journey overcoming chronic addiction to fast food and sugar and taking that walk from morbid obesity to normality. So sit back here with us on the Fasting Highway in the next few weeks and listen to some inspiring guests and some experts in the intermittent fasting community. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the show. G'day and welcome to the Fasting Highway podcast. And this is episode 65. And so today I'm delighted to be joined by Joshua Bernsen. And Joshua is from Florida in the United States. And Joshua's had quite a few problems with weight in his life. He's a big guy, tall, 6 foot 5. And his weight peaked out at one stage at 436 pounds before having a couple of surgeries. And then later on he found his way to intermittent fasting. And it's been a really interesting journey for Joshua so far as he's about to tell us. So welcome to the podcast, Joshua. Oh, g'day, Joshua, and welcome to the Fasting Highway, and thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Yeah, great to have you here. So, Joshua, for those that don't know you, if you wouldn't mind just giving a bit of your backstory and just what led you up to finding intermittent fasting and any problems you had with weight and that sort of thing in your life. Sure. So um, I've always been a bigger guy, uh, like yourself. I, I'm a big fan of yours, by the way. And I've uh, listened to your podcast often, and I've read your book. And um, I myself is am also six foot five, which I think you had said that you are as far as your height. And um, I've always been bigger kid, bigger guy. Uh, did the whole like, big kid thing, played football. Um, all that kind of stuff and and struggled with with weight pretty much my entire life. Um, you know, being a, a bigger kid, they when I played peewee football, um, the league that I was playing in actually had a weight limit. So I actually had to play with kids that were much older than I was because I outweighed the kids that were my own age group. Um, when I hit high school, I was always recruited for football and different things like that as far just because of my size. Now, I ended up going the music route in high school as opposed to the football route. So I was in marching band and stuff like that. But um, definitely was always you know, looked at and spoken to from the football coaches and stuff like that. Um, and just always carried it. Uh, I was always a bigger kid, uh, always a bigger uh, – carried it into my adulthood – and, um, really I just, I kind of lived with it. Right. So when I hit 300 pounds, um, I just thought, Oh, I'm always, I'm six foot five. Everyone always said, Oh, you don't look like you weigh 300 pounds. So I always thought, ah, maybe that's just the size I'm supposed to be. Right. Um, and in about, let's see, it was 2005. I met my wife and we were married in 2006. And about that time I was weighing in at about 300 and I don't know, 18, 320 pounds, something along those lines. Um, so then my wife and I got married and we got pregnant pretty quickly with our first child. And that pregnancy was incredibly rough on my wife. And, um, she was put on bed rest for like two thirds of it. Right. And as a result, 
you know, we weren't eating healthy. We were, and I wasn't you know, maintaining any sort of exercise routine or anything like that. Basically I would go to work and then I would immediately come home because I wanted to spend time with my pregnant wife and she was home all day long. And I knew that she needed the company and all that kind of stuff. So during that time of our life, um, most of our diet consisted of ordering pizza or takeout or something along those lines and and then just sitting on the couch watching movies and television every single day. So very sedimentary life sedit whatever that word is. You know, you know what I'm trying. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. Not very active. Um yeah. So then we, um, the weight just started packing on. Right. But we were like, okay, but as soon as the baby gets here, we're going to be, be active again. We're going to go to the gym. We're going to, we're going to get all this baby weight off. Um, but of course that didn't happen. Right. So my wife takes a job down here in Florida. We, uh, we move our little three person family. We come down to Florida here in, in the United States and, um, Due to just different circumstances, I uh, end up having to be a stay-at-home dad. We come down for my wife's job. Uh, due to the cost of daycare and everything, um, I ended up choosing to be a stay-at-home dad with my daughter. So I was like, okay, well, I'll be an active dad. You know, We'll go on walks and, and stuff like that. But again, just life gets in the way and the weight just packed on. And I ended up peaking at 436 pounds. So six foot five, 436 pounds. Um, so then I was trying to figure out, all right, this is not healthy. I want to be here for my daughter. My joints are hurting all the time. Um, I'm getting winded, tying my shoes, bending over, just, you know, just looking at the ground. I seem to lose my breath. Right. So my daughter hit school age, and at the time, we weren't homeschooling. We do homeschool now, but at the time, we weren't homeschooling. So my daughter was going to a traditional school. And so I would drop her off at school, and then I would have you know the six hours that she was at school to you know do whatever I needed to do, clean up the house, try to exercise, try to get into an exercise routine. So I was getting into the habit of trying to walk every day. And I did used to play football and I remembered some of my weightlifting drills and stuff like that. So I, I tried to incorporate some of those and work out on my own and it just wasn't working. I, I, I would go out and I would exercise, but my, you know, my relationship with food was such that I would then come home and reward myself with a box of pop tarts or something along those lines. So I was sabotaging any workout that I was doing. So exercise, I didn't have the nutrition side. Exercise was, was being sabotaged and I was killing any progress I was making with exercise by how I ate. Right. So then I thought I gave up essentially. I, I said, I can't do this on my own. So I ended up looking into weight loss surgery uh, or bariatric surgery. Um, I ended up having the lap band surgery done, which if you're not familiar with that, minimally invasive, they put basically a belt around the top of your stomach. And the, wh what they do is you can add fluid to it or take fluid out of it causing it to constrict or expand dependent upon your need, right? And so that's what they sold you or sold me on it was the fact that it's minimally invasive, it's adjustable, um, dependent upon what season of my life I'm in. And if I need more restriction, they could add more fluid. If I needed less restriction, they can take it out. And at first I was successful with it, right? So at first um, I lost a bunch of weight, but here's the kicker, right? Before having a weight loss surgery like that, 
you have to go through two weeks of a liquid fast. You have to fast two weeks prior because they want you to shrink the size of your stomach before operation. They want you to um, to show that you have determination to do it, right? So that two weeks prior to surgery, I ate nothing, just had these little protein shakes. So it was some sort of fasting, but it was a miserable two weeks, let me tell you that. And then you have the surgery and then uh, you uh, then you gradually reintroduce foods. At first, it's an all-liquid diet, and then you can have a little something and a little something more and a little something more. And at first, the lap band was successful. But the problem is, is that, I did, again, my relationship with food never changed. I didn't change the head work. Um, I didn't change the emotional side of eating and, and what I was dealing with. And so you quickly learn how to cheat the system. With the lap band, you could easily pass through that lap band, greasy foods, um, ice cream. Man, I could still eat an entire gallon of ice cream because it would just melt and go right through, right? So there was no restriction on something like that. Um, so yes, I lost a bunch of weight with it. I actually got down to, I don't know, with the lap band, I want to say I got down to like 290 pounds, something along those lines. But then since I kept sabotaging myself and I kept, you know, I wasn't eating properly, um, that lap band actually ended up slipping out of position, causing a lot of problems, causing acid reflux, causing um, just I couldn't, uh, couldn't live with it anymore, right? So I had to go back into the surgery or to the surgeon. And the surgeon said this. He said, all right, I'm going to give you three options. We can go in there and fix the lap band. You can continue as you are. I can go in there and remove the lap band, and then you're just left to your own devices trying to navigate this, this world you're on your own. <clears throat> or I can go in there and transition you over to this new bariatric surgery called the gastric sleeve, where they remove 60% of your stomach. It's almost foolproof. You're going to lose weight because you're, you're missing 60% of your stomach. So I, of course looking for the quote, easy way out, which of course, you know, major surgery is never an easy way out, but I chose option three. So what they ended up doing over the course of two surgeries, they removed the lap band and then transitioned me over to the gastric sleeve to continue my weight loss journey because the weight was starting to creep back up and I wasn't to where I needed to be as far as a goal. I was still morbidly obese. Um, so then they transitioned over to the gastric sleeve. And again, at first it's successful because huge calorie restriction, right? You, you go to eat something, your stomach is, you know, a quarter of the size that it used to be, or a third of a size, depending upon, you know, check my math there. Right. And I'm not, I'm not a math guru, but you know, your, your stomach's the fraction of the size it used to be. So I literally post-surgery was able to take a bite of something to eat and then I'd be full. Right a bite of something to eat. But the problem is, is when you're eating that little, and if you aren't eating properly, you're going to cause a lot of problems. So I was having a bite of a big cheeseburger or four French fries or so I, my eating habits didn't change. The only thing that changed was the amount that I could shove in my mouth, right? So your stomach is actually a little elastic. It, it, it can stretch back out. Now, the surgeons have all said, and different groups that I've been in have said that your my stomach will never stretch back out to the capacity that it was when I was 436 pounds. 
but it does stretch back out so that way you can eat a normal sized meal. So I, I could eat, you know, nowadays I can eat a normal sized meal. I, I can't do the buffets that I used to do, you know, several years ago, but I could, I could still eat a, a good full size plate of food and maybe a dessert on the size or something side on or something like that. So if I'm not careful, you know, diet still plays a role. And when I mean diet, I mean what I eat, not that I'm trying to restrict anything. Um, so as you can imagine, lost a lot of weight between those two bariatric surgeries, got down to 259 pounds, but then the weight just stalled there and then started going back up. And then I saw 270. I was like, all right, well, maybe my body's balancing out as long. I, I'm never going to see 300 again. Then 280 hit, then 290 hit, then 300 hit, and then 310, and then 315. And at that point, I cried out for help and I joined a, um, I've got some friends at our church that they are health coaches and I joined their program and actually became a health coach myself. Um, which I, I don't know if I had any business doing. Um, I, I was good at motivating people. Um, but I wasn't good. I wasn't a great health coach. I, I will admit that now. Um, um, but that being said with this program that I was on, I don't want to say the name of it or anything like that because I still have a lot of friends that are doing it and it's very, and it's great for some people. It just, it didn't work for me. It worked at, at the beginning. And through this program, they teach you to eat several times a day. It's one of those programs where um, they sell you a lot of little um, meal replacement items. Um, and you you eat six times a day and you're eating every two hours. So you're keeping that. The, the idea behind that is you're keeping your metabolism going throughout the day. Um, that's the science behind it. And then one of your meals, you prepare yourself and they try to teach you how to eat healthy. Um, so they give you recipes and stuff like that to follow for that one meal a day you prepare yourself, but otherwise you're eating, you're keeping that metabolism going throughout the whole day. And at first, again, I was successful with it from a weight loss standpoint. And I ended up getting down back, back down to like the two sixties. But again, my head wasn't in the right place. And now post being on that program, in all the research that I've been doing with intermittent fasting, I'm realizing that I was activating that insulin pump all day long, right? And with that program that I was on, I was almost every day, almost once a week, I several times a week, I was shaky after eating one of those, those meal replacement um, items, right? Uh, because I was only taking in 100 to 110 calories every two hours. And um, I was just activating that insulin pump all day long. So instead, the science behind their, their program is it's supposed to keep you even with your insulin. But I am now discovering that I was actually still having spikes in my insulin. Um, so there was a lot more going on behind the scenes than, than just a simple one size fits all, which you know, again, a lot of people are very success, successful on that program. I just was not. Um, and I was not happy most of the time. I was, I was grumpy because I was having these huge spikes and, and valleys as far as, you know, and I was always thinking about that next, you know, item. So I'm setting my clock for two hours from now going, all right, I'm going to eat in two hours. And then as soon as I would scarf that down in 3.5 seconds, then I was setting my alarm for the next two hours. And, um, I, I just, I wasn't happy with it. So, um, as you can imagine, the weight ended up coming back on. Um, and so then 
fast forward to 2020. And in 2020, um, you know, with everyone being in lockdown and luckily here in the state of Florida, we were luckier than other states in the United States. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but but with the U.S., um, they went basically they gave the power to the governors and the governors decided state by state how they were going to handle the covid crisis. Um, Florida was lucky that we did not get severely locked out. Now, if you ask somebody somewhere else in the country, they're going to say Florida was a bunch of idiots, but I don't think so. <laughs> I, th- I think we did, th- we did really well. So we were, we were blessed that we didn't have the huge restrictions that other states did within the United States. But, um, you know, still the stress of everything and my health coaching business going down the tubes because, Everybody was back in pulling their orders and and stuff like that. Um, the, the weight started creeping back up, and I got up to 330 pounds. So in November, um, you've had him on your show before, but uh, there's a dude named Bill McKinney, and Bill is an awesome guy. And I met him through a stay-at-home dad Facebook group. Um, so I'm a stay-at-home dad. I have got three kids. I homeschool my kids. Um, and I met him through that group and I started, I friended him and I was following him and I saw that he was losing a bunch of weight doing this intermittent fasting. So I was like, all right, you know, I start, I asked him a few questions and, um, and then just kind of started following him on Facebook and he invited me to his Facebook group. That's the intermittent fasting one. Um, and so then I started discovering about like IF. And so in November I was like, I'm going to give this a try because, you know, I was paying a lot of money for the health coaching stuff and for the health coaching program I was on. Might as well give a try to something that is, you know, free. You know, yeah, you're going to spend more money because you're going to eventually eat healthier is, and you're going to spend more money on the types of food that you're eating. But as overall, it's a cost savings. I'm not paying for a health coach. I'm not paying for a health program or anything like that. And I'm eating less throughout the day. So I was like, yeah, I'll just give it a try. And it was the week before Thanksgiving uh, here in the United States, which was the last Thursday in um, November is when we have Thanksgiving here in the U.S. And so I weighed in at 330 pounds. And that's when I started this IF progress uh, process. And just I've been on it ever since. I've enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I dove right into a lot of the Facebook groups. I'm not, I may not comment a lot, but I'm reading a lot. Um, and I uh, I picked up Jen Stevens' book, Delay Don't Deny. I picked up your book. I listened to a bunch of podcasts. I listened to yours. I listened to Bill's. I listened to Jen and, and Melanie Avalon. Um, so yeah, I'm just, I'm constantly trying to bombard myself with information. It helps keep me motivated. It helps keep me moving forward. And the more I hear other people sharing their stories that are very similar to my own, um, the, the better I do. So that was a nice, what, 17 minute ramble. Oh, that's fan- <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Mate. Well, it's good to know all that. And, um, I think with the weight loss surgery is really interesting now that just for Australian listeners there, um, Joshua's topping out around the 436-pound mark, which is 197 kg. And then he sort of got down, you know, about the 130-odd kgs there, and he bounced up and down, up and down uh, between those two weight loss surgeries and found his way to intermittent fasting there via Bill and, and that sort of thing. But so, Joshua, when you started um, intermittent fasting, what was your fasting protocol? How did you decide 
to choose that? Well, um, I asked Bill because I'm very much into um, you know technology, anything that can make my life a little bit better. So I asked him what he was using as far as an app to track. And he suggested the Zero app. I don't think he uses that anymore. I think he uses something else. Um, so I downloaded this app on my phone. And then I was like, all right, where do I start? Well, the most basic one that they tell you about and the one that um, in Jim Stevens, um, Delay Don't Deny, like the very basic that a lot of people start off on is a 16 and 8 protocol. Um, so I did that for a while, for probably a couple of weeks, maybe maybe three or four weeks. Um, but then again, the more that I'm in these groups, the more that I'm reading and the more that I'm learning, I've upped that. Um, and what's funny is, you know, our, I'm a Christian and I go to church regularly. I volunteer at our church too. I run our sound. Um, and so right at the beginning of the year, just like at most churches, at least in the Christian faith, um, at the beginning of the year, a lot of times churches like to do a fast, you know, and they do a holiday or a religious fast for religious reasons, um, kicking off the year out right and stuff like that. So I want to say it was that second week of January, you know, most of the time our church gives up, you know, an entire week and you go as, as long as you can for religious reasons. I've always in the past have said, I've had blood sugar issues. I don't like to fast. Um, and that's because I would have these, you know, again, peaks and valleys when I was activating that insulin pump as often as I could. But I, after reading all this and after fasting the 16 and eight and not having any problems with it really at all, I was like, you know what, I'm going to try to fast this year and I'm not going to do anything too extreme. I'm going to do two days. Right. So that Monday and that Tuesday, I'm going to going to say, all right, I'm going to do basically a 48 hour fast. And I've never done that before um, because I've always been scared of my blood sugar bottoming out. And, you know, who wants to pick a 436 pound band off the floor? You know, and granted, I don't weigh that anymore. But like seriously, like, like that's the most embarrassing thing I can think of is myself passing out and having to have four people pick me up and put me in a chair. So, um, but I'm like, no, this year I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to at least do two, two days and I'm going to, you know, set it on my timer and and I'm going to keep myself motivated at that point in time. I, I already knew about the clean fast, so I was clean fasting. Um, so yeah, I was good to go and man, I breezed through those 48 hours and then about the 24 hour mark, maybe 23, maybe 22 hour mark, I hit ketosis, which, you know, I, I was, I had a whole bunch of energy. I was feeling great. So when that 48 hours ended, I went ahead and ended it because again, I didn't want to go too extreme, too fast, but, um, I, I had this great sense of victory because I was able to do it. And it was just, I mean, I'm 39 years old. I've tried fasting before in different capacities and I was able to do it with no problem. So it, it really showed me that, you know, what I've been reading and what I've been implementing and what I've been learning has been great. So nowadays, though, I usually do um, about a 195. Um, I, you know, I do have a family of five, um, I, myself, my wife, and then with three kids. So, you know, the weekends, we do try to go out and do stuff as a family. So the one thing I love about IF is how flexible it is, right? So I usually do like a 19 and five through the week. I like to do a longer fast on Thursdays just because Thursday is a day that I have free, that I don't have really any obligations. So usually I'll do um, Thursday as a complete down day. 
Um, and then Friday will be an update because, um, you know, I like to have kind of the three meals on Friday. So I'll have something light in the morning to break my fast. Then I'll have a light lunch. And then my family, you know, to celebrate the week being over, my wife being off work, we usually go out for dinner on Friday. And then Saturday and Sunday, due to just being out and about and, and church on Sunday and stuff like that, um, I like to usually eat about two meals on Sunday. So what my week looks like is usually, you know, Monday is a 19.5, Tuesday's a 19.5, Wednesday's a 19.5, Thursday's a down, Friday's an up day. Saturday and Sunday are usually an 18.6 or, you know, 16.8, somewhere around there, just depending upon when everybody gets up and moving. I, I don't eat breakfast, but I will hold off and, and as long as I can until lunch when the whole family wants to go out to eat for lunch. Yeah, that's great. So what about the clean fast we talk about, Joshua? Did you get to clean fast right from the start? Were you clean fast? Very quickly. Um, now, I have a problem where I hate wasting things, right? I hate wasting food. And, and I think a lot of people do this, especially like a parent, right? Like how many people, you know, you have a kid and you they don't finish everything on your plate. You hate just throwing it in the garbage. So then you like, all right, fine. I'll, I'll eat what's on the plate. Um, and my wife, bless her. She, she likes to, her, her love language is like, to, she likes to give gifts, right? So she'll come home from the store with something that she knows that I'll like or something along those lines. So um, when I first started, she was still like, until we got the ball rolling, she was still bringing home like an energy drink that would, yeah, it was zero calories, but it was still flavored and stuff like that. So obviously that doesn't fall into the clean fasting lifestyle. So that first couple weeks, maybe three weeks, maybe four weeks, I was trying to clean fast as much as possible. But in the same token, I hated like telling my wife, oh, I, I'm not going to drink this or something along those lines. So I was still like, I might have an energy drink that was in my closed window. So Yes, kind of I dirty fasting or, you know, we as in the fasting community, we know that dirty fasting is not fasting at all. Right. But, um, you know, especially when we first when I first began, I might have an energy drink here or there just because I hated like them going to waste. I didn't want to throw them out. I didn't want to just waste money on them. Right. Um, but since then and since I've educated her on on what I'm doing and, and stuff like that, um, yeah, I'm, I've been clean fasting for most of my journey. Yeah, I just wanted to circle back there for a moment, Joshua. I wanted to talk about that weight loss surgery. And knowing what you know now about intermittent fasting and the education through books and that sort of thing, and you've learned a lot. If you knew about intermittent fasting at the time, you did that weight loss surgery, would that still have been a, a path that you would have gone down? <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, now I want to be careful when I say that though, because I do know personally several people that have had weight loss surgery and they may or may not listen to this podcast and they may or may not hear my story. Um, and I've gotten into discussions with them in the past, um, about certain things and my mentality for me, I would not do weight loss surgery. There are, I mean, the fasting, the stuff that I've learned with fasting, the stuff that I've learned with nutrition, um, there are so much better ways, right? You know, I've, I've put my body through hell as far as, you know, three surgeries that had nothing to do with anything other than weight loss. Um, you know, the, the original lap band, the correction, and then the, 
um, and then the switching over to the gastric sleeve. And I've, I've done a lot of damage to my body because of that. Um, and so I, I do have a lot of regret as far as that is concerned. And I don't want other people to go through that. Now, on the same token, you know, there are people that I know that have just recently had weight loss surgery. Um, and they're still in that kind of honeymoon phase. They're still losing weight. Um, and they they have made nutrition changes. So maybe they will never experience the pain or issues that I had because maybe they got their head game right. Maybe they actually have changed their lifestyle. And that's great. That's great for them. And I wish them the best and and all of that. But I know for me personally, and I know several people that have weight loss surgery that don't get their head straight, that don't get the mind gate game right, that don't get their emotions in check. And so if they don't change their lifestyle, they put the weight back on. And I know of several people that went through the same thing I did, who had weight loss surgery, whether it was the exact same one I had, or maybe gastric uh, bypass or or anything like that, who have gained almost all their weight back. Um, and it's because they live that lifestyle for a little bit, but then they slip into old habits and, and then, you know, it just, it just gets back to the way it was. So I definitely would not have the surgery because again, if I knew what I know now, knowing that IF is as simple as it is, the fact that there is so much community support, I, I would not go through with the surgery again. And we hope that doctors and that sort of thing may sort of, you know, get on board with intermittent fasting and they are. I mean, we know that there's a clinic in New Zealand. We've had Sarah Cole on episode 12 on this podcast where the doctors there, they put people through a program that centers around intermittent fasting and they don't offer weight loss surgery unless somebody has actually tried intermittent fasting first. But also, we don't disparage anybody that does have weight loss surgery because if you're four or 500 pounds and you really need to do something about it, and that's life-threatening, that sort of weight, and they can kill you at any tick of the clock. So I can understand why people do it, but it's really interesting your experiences. And I think anybody here listening to this podcast needs to seriously consider talking to your doctor about other alternatives before that weight loss surgery. But if there's no other option, and I think that's, that's an alternative for some people. So let's talk about nutrition there. You mentioned that. You've learned a lot about that. What was your window looking like at the start? Were you eating all the things or were you sort of restricting anything? Or were you just sort of gravitating towards that higher quality food right from the go-get? Well, um, for that, I want to thank that health coaching program that I was a part of. Uh, because with their um, with their recipes and stuff like that, I was, I was in that program and I was in that lifestyle and I was with that company for um, about two and a half years. I was a health coach. So that being said... You know, I knew what I needed to do. And so it, when I got serious again in November of trying to lose the weight and stuff like that, um, I was trying to make healthier choices. Um, now, the great thing about IF versus that, you know, very restrictive program is I could I could open my window a little bit more, right? I, my, my opportunities of, of what I could eat. So I wasn't eating all the things, but I was eating more of the things that I enjoyed that I had been missing for the last two and a half years, right? Um, so trying to find that balance. So I'm still trying to shop around the outside of the grocery store aisle um, and and trying to make as much as I could from scratch. If we were eating out, we do live a very busy lifestyle. So we do eat out quite a bit, but trying to make the decisions of 
which restaurants I'm frequenting, what I'm ordering from those restaurants. So I, I do try to be mindful about what I'm eating. So I wouldn't say I'm eating all the things, but I am, um, you know, I, I'm enjoying life. I'm enjoying my meals. I'm trying to make sure that I'm not sacrificing taste for, you know, some diet, you know? Yeah. So you're looking to make that what we call a window worthy meal sort of every night. And that's the way I look mm -hmm. at it, Joshua. Like, as far as I'm concerned, if I'm going to eat once a day, then I want that window to be worthy as possible. And I know some people, they grab hold of the mantra, you can eat whatever you want with intermittent fasting. But I mean, we've talked about that a lot. And to me, that that is a bit overdone, that sort of mantra, because, and Jin's explained this many, many times about what she said uh, in that, and that I feel that I need to eat whatever makes me feel my greatest. And that's what I sort of do. I want my body to feel my best. So that's the way I go with it. But also, Joshua, let's talk about exercise for a minute there. You talked about you're a sportsman, you played football, um, that sort of thing. You're in a marching band, all those sort of things are active. Um, what do you do now for exercise? Well, um, I... I like a little bit of strength training, a little bit of resistance. I'm not looking to bulk up because Lord knows I don't need to be bigger than I already am. Um, but usually I'm hitting the gym um, about five to six days a week. Um, I like to get up um, and get up and get going early um, just so that way I'm up and I have a little bit of that time to myself before the three kids wake up and I have to you know, deal with the crazy that is our house. Um, so I usually get up and go to the gym cause that's me time. Um, and when I'm at the gym, I'm usually doing about eh, 35 minutes of strength training, but nothing too extreme. I'm not, again, not looking to bulk up. I'm just looking to stay toned. And then I'm uh, getting on some sort of cardio for 16 to 20 minutes. So be it, um, an exercise bike or, um, an elliptical or, um, you know, you know, treadmill for a, for a walk or a light jog. Um, I do have arthritis in my feet. Um, so I do have to be careful as far as that's concerned. I can't do a lot of high impact. I also have arthritis in my knees, so I kind of stay away from the Stairmaster. Um, but that being said, you know, IF has really helped with that. I, arthritis is an inflammation issue. So anything that can get that inflammation down, I, I have been feeling great as far as that arthritis problem since starting on this program. Yeah, that's really interesting. You talked about the arthritis there. And I know myself, I had like, when I wake in the morning, when I was obese, I had arthritic fingers and I could hardly <laughs> open my hand. And then after about six months of intermittent fasting, that completely went away and, you know, joint pain, that sort of thing. But let's talk about that now, the non-scale victories we talk about and the health benefits. Run us through some of those that have happened for you, Joel. Well, uh, I, number one is, is is the arthritis issue. So uh, I and I have arthritis in a lot of my joints. I, I thank my mom for that. She has the same problem. <laughs> but that being said, um, you know, all of that is feeling a lot better. Um, I, I actually got on the treadmill and jogged the other day because my foot was feeling so good. And um, I hadn't been able to do that in a, in a very, very long time. So I was very happy with that. Um, other than that, like non-scale, um, blood pressure is coming down. Um, I'm still on all my blood pressure meds. I haven't been to my cardiologist, but I do monitor my blood pressure pretty closely. Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful that I will be able to come off of some of those meds. Um, seeing, you know, 
clothes fit better. Um, when I started my IF journey, my belt was on its its last little notch. Now I've moved two notches, uh, two notches in. So I know clothes are getting looser and and stuff like that. So that makes me incredibly happy. Um, being having more energy, being able to run around with my kids. My kids are thirteen, seven, and two. So especially that two-year-old, he keeps me on my toes, right? So I, I have to be able to, to keep that energy up to chase him around. Um, but yeah, I play, um, I play saxophone and I play in a band that we rehearse every Tuesday. My breath support has gotten a lot better. Um, so just being able to make it through a, a big passage of music without gasping for air at the end. Um, just, just a lot of, a lot of things, a lot of small things that you don't think about until they happen. And you're like, Whoa, that was awesome. Things that just grab you and you just go, wow, I didn't know I could do that before. And, you know, I'm training at the moment for a 65 kilometer hike in two weeks and never thought in my life when I was obese that I'd ever be doing that. And, you know, getting up there with trekking poles and a backpack on and all that sort of thing. That sort of thing was just so foreign to me. I never thought I'd be able to do that, but there you go. But so the other thing, you obviously, you mentioned there your family, um, you got three small children or, or growing children there. And I guess that was a big driver for you too, as a dad, you wanted to be the healthiest dad you could be to be around for them and play sport and that sort of thing with your kids. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I, and my, my kids are, are basically my, my life, my family in general. I, you know, just, I, I'm a family man and I always have been. Um, I'm one of those guys that when I was a kid, if somebody asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, almost always my first answer was dad. I wanted to be a dad. Um, so I've always been, you know, really into family and, and trying to be there for my kids. And, and the dynamic of my marriage and our relationship and everything has really worked out well as far as that's concerned. Um, my wife is a very career-oriented woman, which is great, and she's doing great in her career. Um, and it allows us to let me stay home and take care of our kids. Um, and then we added that aspect of homeschooling. So now not only am I a father, but I'm also an educator. Um, and it just, it's, it's wonderful. I love getting to be there with my kids and watching them grow up and being there for every moment of, of, of every day, essentially. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good. I, they're definitely my, they're definitely my why. Yeah. Yeah. Good on you. I really respect that having two daughters myself and it was a big driver for me as well. So with family support, friends, networks, you mentioned there you're quite active in your local church. What sort of support were you getting? And we, you obviously were plugging into the Facebook group, but was your family and friends on board with your lifestyle or was it something you talked about a lot? Well, given the history of the fact that I, I kind of failed as a health coach, I haven't really announced to the world yet that I have been doing IF. Um, you know, quite honestly, this podcast with you is probably going to be my coming out <laughs> as, as far as is announcing, because I do want to tell the world I do. This is this program is working so well. Um, and I just I want to shout it from the rooftops that there is another option out there and that there is a lot of support around it. And the fact that it doesn't have to cost an arm and a leg and it's stuff that you can do. And uh, I, there's so many good things about intermittent fasting that I just want to tell everybody. So I've been waiting for the right time. I wanted to, to have the proof physically so that way they could see it. Um, you know, my immediate family knows, obviously, you know, my, my wife and my kids, you know, they're, they're very supportive. 
Um, my wife is kind of doing it. Um, she's doing it along with like Weight Watchers. So she's counting calories. She's a very numbers oriented person. She's an accountant. So she loves logging stuff, right? So she's she's counting and logging everything that she's eating, but then she's also skipping breakfast. So she's kind of doing a 16 and 8 and then logging whatever she's eating the rest of the day following a Weight Watchers type of uh, type of diet. Um, my kids are very supportive. My 13-year-old daughter is very supportive. She's seen me at my heaviest. She's seen me at my lightest. So she knows the struggle that I've gone through. Um, so she is very, very supportive. My two young boys that could care less because just either they're boys and they're young. <laughs> but, um, you know, yeah. people at church don't really know yet. Uh, my parents know. Um, the, the thing with my parents and my sister and stuff like that, um, you know, they've they saw me do the weight loss surgery and kind of quote fail at that they saw me do the health coaching thing and quote fail at that so i think that they're still they're still kind of sitting back and waiting they're they're waiting to see to see how this really works out and and you know if if the weight's going to come back or not right um they they're waiting to see if I really have made that mental shift, if it really has become a lifestyle or if this is just another fad that Joshua is doing. Right. Um, so I mean, we'll see the supports there. Yeah. The supports let's... there where it's, where it's most important. My, my immediate family, the support is there. Um, outside of that. Yeah. Some people support it. Some people don't know about it yet. Yeah. And I think that's a good way to go too, is let your results do the talking of course. And, um, you know, and people will naturally gravitate towards you and start asking you questions because you look fantastic and I can see your skin is really glowing and you've got that really yeah. clear eye, that that IF glow that we talk about with people. And I, I noticed in your before and after photos, you can really see that. So people are going to start asking you. I mean, obviously, you've had some sort of lockdown there and you may not have seen as many people in other states as you may have in the past. But when you do, they're certainly going to have some questions for you. So you mentioned there the mental shift, the mindset that we talk about. Let's talk about that mindset. So important for me, 90% of this journey for me has been mental, the mindset part of it. What's it been like for you? Oh, absolutely. But um, yeah, the, the mind okay. shift is so important, right? Um, because again, I, just look at my history. Um, if, if you don't get your head right, and if your relationship with the food hasn't changed, you're, you're going to run into a lot of problems. You're going to still eat emotionally. And, and I would be, I would be lying if I said that that still doesn't happen from time to time. I mean, granted, I've only been on this journey for what, six months, something like that. And, um, you know, there have been ups and down days in there. There have been times that I've come home because, and something has happened while I was out that I was very emotional about. And I reopened my window that day because I was, just super frustrated, but you know what? I didn't let that reopening of the window one day throw off my whole week or, or derail me completely. Right. Um, you know, I got right back on the wagon and that's the thing I love about this program is I'm a very black and white individual. I, I work best when there are quote rules or parameters that, that I can just flip a switch and, that's what I love most about IF is the fact that I could say, all right, my window's closed. I'm not eating anything during this span of time. Um, you know, and, and just having that yes and no mentality has really worked for me. But, you know, life happens. And there, there have been times that I have reopened that window. I had said, hey, I was going to be closed, 
and then two and a half hours later something happens and I may reopen it but those times have become like few and far between and I think my old lifestyle I would have been on a four-day binger or a five-day binger and you know I'm I'm not talking about alcohol I'm talking about like buying donuts I'm talking about like just just going completely off the rails as far as what I'm eating and um and I, I don't see myself getting into that state anymore. Um, but yes, the mental game is so important. Yeah, so you're obviously making that mental shift. You're moving from that sort of previous binging behavior that you had when you were so heavy. And now you're doing intermittent fasting. It's correcting all these things. And, and I think that's a natural progression, isn't it, Joshua, that we all go through and we start gravitating towards that higher food. And I always laugh when people say to me, oh, you must save a lot of money with intermittent fasting. but no, because before I was eating a really cheap, processed, sort of junky type food, and now I've moved into the real top range ribeye steaks and that sort of thing, and, and top quality seafood, and, and it costs a lot of money. So I haven't saved any money. And then, of course, there's the clothing. And, and I always touch on the clothing with people in your case. I mean, you're 436, 260, 230. Man, you've been all over the shops. Your clothing must have been insane in your wardrobe. How did you keep up with that? <laughs> Luckily, there is a Salvation Army, which is our local thrift shop that's like a block and a half away, right? So I frequented that thing all the time, especially on a Wednesday. Wednesdays, uh, they have half-off clothing. So <laughs> most, of my, most of my clothing was secondhand for the longest time. Yeah, well, that's great, mate. Yeah, so Joshua, we always talk about the positives about intermittent fasting and, and how great it is, and we sing the praises from the rooftop a lot. But for you, was there any downsides? I mean, many people have heard me talk about my only downside really was the social aspect for me because I was such a party boy and I had to withdraw from that. So was there any downsides for you at all? Um, probably I, not really too much. Um, just given my lifestyle, it hasn't been too bad. Um, I Switching over to like black coffee and stuff like that was never a problem for me. I grew up a Boy Scout, so like telling me telling me to cut the creamer out, I, and I just – I went back to my old ways of just drinking black coffee. It wasn't it wasn't a big deal. So I never really had that problem that I've read a lot of people have problems with. Um, I the social aspect, I mean that's a, that's a little bit. That's probably the biggest issue is is you know we given how often we're out and about and doing things and being active in our church and you know every church function has food and. People want to be nice and they bring donuts and, and cakes and all that kind of stuff. So that aspect has been a little difficult, but it hasn't been too bad because of the flexibility of IF, right? So, you know, if if it's if I need to adjust my window, I adjust my window to incorporate some of those major events. So if I know that there's a potluck coming up, I might make it so that way my window incorporates lunch instead of dinner that day or something along those lines. So um, it just takes a little bit of planning. That's really all it takes. Um, but yeah, not, not too many downsides as far as the IF experience so far. Yeah, that's great. And I mean, if you do go to a function like that where there's food present and you might not want to eat till later in the day, you just say, well, you know, that food looks really great. Is it okay if I make up a plate and take it home for later? And most people will be really, you know, grateful that you're interested in their food and, you know, you make up a nice plate and you say, I'm really going to enjoy that later on. So you don't really necessarily have to say, I'm an intermittent faster, but just say, hey, you know, right now I'm full, but I really want some of that food. And so can I make up a plate or can you make up a plate and may I take it home? 
And I think most people understand that and they're pretty good. So you can always get around it. And like you said, this has to be flexible, Joshua. I mean, you've got a family, you've got three kids. They're going to have functions at school coming up, special birthdays, special occasions. And we talk about special occasions and people say, well, Saturday isn't a special occasion. But unfortunately, most, most special occasions do happen on a Saturday. And so sometimes you do have to dance on your feet a bit. And it's all about being flexible and living life and making this fit your life. So I want to talk to you now about the five months or six months you've been doing intermittent fasting. Run us through what the weight loss has been like in that six months and sizes and clothing or measurements. Well, um, you know, I started that that last week in November. I was 330 pounds. Um, as of this morning, um, I was 299 on the scale. So, you know, was that 31 pounds? Um, it has the way that I have structured my eating windows and how I structure my week and, and stuff like that. It's been a steady two to two and a half pounds a week, um, with a, with a few caveats in there. Um, you know, three weeks ago we went on our spring break, um, where we traveled to Tennessee, um, up in the mountains. And, you know, that week I kind of stick stuck to a like 16 and eight protocol, but on the same token, we were on a family vacation. We were on spring break. It was our first time traveling out of the state in over a year. Um, so I kind of let myself enjoy that a little bit. Um, so, you know, that week coming back, I had gained like five pounds or I think actually, I think seven pounds. I, I gained seven pounds that week, but I am now mature enough in my, in my weight loss and health journey and I know that a lot of that was water retention because I up in Tennessee, everything was fried, fried chicken, fried, I fried catfish, everything was fried. So I know, and, and then just traveling in the car because we drove that. So that was spending, you know, 12 hours in the car going up, 12 hours in the car coming down. Um, so yeah, it was just the whole traveling aspect. I, and I knew I was holding on to a lot of water. It took me less than a week to get right back to where I was pre-spring break. Um, so I, I knew what to do as soon as I got home. I got right back on the wagon. And it was it was very comforting to see how quickly and easily I was able to get right back to where I was before taking that week off. Um, but if you look at my weight loss chart, it looks it's it's kind of like a stair step type of thing. So I'll drop drop a couple pounds, maybe over the next couple of days, gain one pound back and then Thursday drop three pounds and then maybe gain two pounds back over the next few days. But um, it's a gradual downward shift. And one of the things I can't stress enough and a lot of uh, IFers out there will tell you is you need to get yourself, if you're going to track your weight as often as I do, I know you yourself weigh yourself every day. I do the same thing. But I, it's so important to look at your averages, right? So I've got a nice app that on my phone that will take my weekly averages. So that way I can see, yes, today may be two pounds higher than three days ago. But if you look at the average overall week over week trend, I am steadily losing. And it has not, other than that week of spring break where I wasn't even weighing myself because I didn't bring a scale on uh, with me. Other than that little blip on my graph, it's been a steady downward trend since november i think what you mentioned there it is quite important to enjoy those times with your family as well and because life moments especially when you have kids and you really don't need to freak out about it i mean 
like you say, if you have a 16 and 8 and you're active and you're playing with your kids and you're running around and you're going for walks, all the things you can do without that really excess weight that you may not have done when you were 436 mm-hmm. pounds that you are able to do now. So that makes a big difference when you're on vacation too. I know I was in Japan and I was walking 25, 30,000 steps a day. And I got back after three weeks and I was really fretting how much weight I'd put on. And, and really, I'd only put on like three or four pounds. And within two days, that was gone. So, yeah, you're correct. You just go back and use the tools that we've been given with this lifestyle. And, and you soon sort of blow that sort of vacation sort of buff off and away you go. And, and so I say to people, look, go and enjoy your vacation. You know, just skip breakfast maybe. Wait till later in the day. I mean, we can all have breakfast at lunchtime. I mean, I quite often eat breakfast at dinner time. I mean, I eat sausages, bacon, and eggs at dinner probably two times a week because I love it. And um, people say to me, oh, I don't want to do intermittent fasting because I can't eat breakfast. And I say, well, you can eat breakfast. You can eat it any time you like. Do you like breakfast for dinner sometimes? Oh, yeah, especially with kids. We do that every so often, like pancakes and sausage and just do the whole breakfast thing for dinner. Guys like us, Joshua, I mean, you're very similar to me, six foot five tall. I mean, you're a massive weight. And all that sort of thing. And, and you mentioned here when you were young, you were playing sport and football with guys that were a lot older than you. And I can resonate with you. I was 12, 14 years of age playing rugby with guys that were 17, 18 years old. And getting on the bus as a 12-year-old and everyone else is 18, you soon grow up pretty quickly because you hear all these things that you don't even know existed before. But anyway, I also wanted to get some words of motivation and encouragement from you, Joshua, before we go. Someone out there sitting there, three, four hundred pounds, struggling, doesn't know where they are. What sort of things can you tell them to get going? Some of the things. So we live in a wonderful age where the support systems are out there, right? Um, You know, social media can be it can be a difficult and and thing to navigate because you're you run into those comparison traps, but. It can be a great source of support. So I would encourage you, go out and find that support system. Uh, Even if you're in it all by yourself, if you find one of those Facebook groups like yours or Bill's or Jen Stevens or something along those lines, the people in there are great because somebody is bound to go through the same thing that you're going through, um, to have gone through something that you're going through. Um, And that's the thing that has really helped me is my, my story is not entirely unique. Yeah, there are unique aspects to it and there are things in my past that, you know, you piece together, but somebody has gone through lap band surgery. Somebody has gone through gastric sleeves. Somebody has gone, somebody who, somebody has been six foot five and been there like yourself, Graham. Um, You know, so the fact that you can identify, hey, I'm not in this by myself. I am, and, and find that support group. That is, that is key there. And then, to go along with that, though, you have to also realize that your journey is going to be your own, right? So, you know, we've heard this in in a lot of the different groups and stuff like that. Is you know, keep your keep your eyes on your own plate, keep your stay in your own lane. Um, realize that this journey is your own, and if it takes you five years to get to your to your goal, then it takes you five years. But then that's that's the rest of your life after that, that is going to be so much more rewarding, right? Who cares how long it takes you to get there? Just, just get there, make the, make that first step, keep moving forward. That's fantastic advice. And I think once you do get there, the great thing I love about intermittent fasting, Joshua, is that you stay there. And um, 
Well, it's funny enough, I was looking at my weight graphs this morning from two years ago, <clears throat> exactly the same as what they are now. I mean, I'm the same weight now as I was when I got to my goal weight. So I've man managed to maintain that coming up two years, and it's great to open your wardrobe, and you've still got those beautiful jackets and those clothes and everything. You don't have to change them. They're still there. You pull them out. doesn't matter what season it is, winter, summer, and they fit you. So you've got all that to look forward to, and I think you're really going to get there. And what I'd like to do with you um, is get you back on in another six months' time, and let's talk about you know coming up towards your one-year anniversary, where you are there. And I think you're going to be way ahead of the game of where you are now. And I can really see you've got that mindset and that focus and you've got those drivers of those kids and everything else and your faith that's helping you. And I think you're a very inspiring man. But Joshua, thank you for joining me here on the Fast Highway. Oh, thank Highway. you. It's been, it's been a blast. Oh, thank you so much, Joshua. I think that was a fantastic insight into the first six months of your intermittent fasting journey. And I can't wait to follow you up in another six months' time to see where you're at. And I'm sure you're going to be even more successful by then. So thank you so much, Joshua. Coming up next week on the podcast, we've got Emily Harvo, And Emily has a very interesting intermittent fasting story to tell. And so don't miss that one, Emily Harvo, coming up next week on the podcast. I just wanted to mention too and thank everyone that's been buying my book about my own journey the fasting highway on amazon and both paperback and kindle thank you so much and just a further reminder if you're in australia or new zealand you can actually buy it on the website at www.thefastinghighway.com and get it direct from me if you're in australia or new zealand uh, rest of the world please use amazon and also a big shout out to my facebook group the fasting highway we're growing rapidly so everybody who listens to this podcast if you're on facebook uh, come and join us there Anyway, until next week, be well, be safe, and remember, clean fasting is everlasting.